folding pocket. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode. Thank you. The sun is shining. There are helicopters in the sky. I can see a racetrack in front of me. It must be a Grand Prix weekend. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of The Fast and the Curious. My name is Christian Hugill and this is a Formula One podcast for absolute F1 fanatical geeks like myself and for people who are just finding this silly, ridiculously exciting, brilliant sport. Normally I'm joined by Betty Glover and Greg James, our team principal, but for now at least, I am on my own. I'll be checking in with those guys later and the reason I'm on my own is because I am stood at the Circuit of the Americas here at the United States Grand Prix. Now I'm here with my friends on the other podcast I've mentioned, F1 Explains, but of course I couldn't come to a Grand Prix weekend and not keep team fast and curious updated. It would just be impossible. So I'm going to do a little bit of an audio diary across the weekend. And we've already had loads of exciting US Grand Prix content on this feed. Betty spoke to Logan Sargent in New York, which was incredible. She also spoke to our friend Chloe Grant, who is on track behind me as we speak right now in the practice session for F1 Academy. So go and listen to that after you finish listening to this if you've not already. But as I speak to you in the first extract of my audio diary, it's Friday. You can hear behind me things being wheeled into place and set up for the weekend ahead. I'm absolutely buzzing because this place, it's like American Silverstone. So if you've been with us since the start of the podcast, you'll know I went to Miami earlier in the season, which is a race like no other because it's all built around an American football stadium. But this is like they've airlifted Silverstone to the other side of the world and put it in the middle of Texas. It's a huge motor racing complex with a massive circuit in the middle of it, which I tell you the thing I've noticed most about it as the helicopters fly above me is that it goes up and down a lot. It's a really hilly circuit. So at some points of the circuit, it's quite windy for the drivers. Other points, they're sheltered from it. It's an absolutely fascinating layout. I can see a Ferris wheel in front of me. I can see drivers on the way in. Kevin Magnussen's just walked past me. I saw Toto Wolf on a scooter back from having knee surgery, scooting around earlier. Everyone's very excited. Uh, right, so let's do the United States Grand Prix, shall we? I found some Fast and Curious listeners. Yes. Hello. So, guys, what's your name? My name is Gwen. And, guys, are you Fast and Curious listeners too? Well, uh, guys, what are your names? Say hello. Hi, I'm Laura. I'm Alison. Mike. Guys, thank you for listening to the Fast and the Curious. If you've got a message for Betty or Greg, would you like to say anything and pass it back on? I just want to hear you sing McLaren News. Your secret one. McLaren News. (laughs) This podcast has got too silly. We need to stop. It's all got too silly. I'm having a lovely time. I really am. Those Fast and Curious listeners were fantastic. I've been on the stage and done a stage show with David Coulthard, the former McLaren and Red Bull driver, a bit of a legend in these parts, a lovely, very funny man. We've seen cars on track and it always just makes me tingle. The hairs on the back of your neck stand up as they roar past. And we've just had qualifying. And I tell you what, as soon as Max Verstappen's lap time was deleted, and we realised he wasn't going to be on pole after all. And we had a Charles Leclerc, Lando, Norris front row. The cheers around this place were huge. And of course, tomorrow, we've got the sprint action. Which, by the way... Oh, there's Will Buxton. 
who of course most people know, but Will is the face of Formula One, the talking head of Formula One on Netflix's Drive to Survive. Will, Will, say hello to the Fast and the Curious. Oh, hello. We love you on the Fast and oh, the Curious. Oh, bless you. Thank you, mate. Because a lot of our listeners have found Formula One through Netflix. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love what it's done and how it's made this thing that was niche open and accessible for everybody. And we've got so many new fans now. It's, it's been crazy. It's been wild, mate. And I was just saying, when I was on the stage, they were, we mentioned Sprint Race and everybody cheered. There's a little <laughs> bit of cynicism still sometimes in the UK about it as to whether it's not. But they, they love the Sprint Weekend here. Oh, don't listen to all the negativity online. You Never get, You get carried away with it, can't you? Everyone likes to be upset and offended by stuff. Yeah. Sprint race, terrible idea. <laughs> more racing, we don't want more racing. It's terrible. We love more racing, don't we? We love more racing. Uh, we, we love do. you, Will Buxton. Bless you, mate. Thank you. I've got to go and make liquid television. Or something. <laughs> That's Will Buxton there, everyone. I'm going to keep running around and see who I can find. And I'll check in with you a bit later. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Saturday. So the Circuit of the Americas is in the middle of Texas in a really cool city called Austin. It's, it's like a mini New York, but then also they're really famous for barbecue food here. Every time you walk through Austin, you just get different smells of barbecue grills, barbecue sauce, meat on the grill. It's awesome. So I have found yet more wild, the fast and the curious listeners roaming through. Hello, guys. What's your names? Hi, I'm Amanda. Amanda, and recording us. Hi, I'm Sammy. What, 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 how much are you enjoying uh, the Circuit of the Americas? Because I just think it's the coolest place in the world. Oh, it's absolutely mega. I mean, I'm from New England, and so to come all the way here and to be able to spend this whole weekend on this track with all these amazing people, the fans, and then see these drivers so close is just a really special, magnificent experience. And where have you come from? I'm from Nashville. So you got, haven't come quite as far, I'm guessing, from my bad US geography? Yeah, not quite as far. It's about two-hour flight or so, so not quite as far. Still a long way. And what do you make of it? It's been amazing so far. It's just, this whole place is just massive. It's, you can't, you can't picture how big it is until you're actually here. It's going to be an awful lot of fun. And now, I understand you've got something for us. Yes, so this weekend is, they're promoting making friendship bracelets for each other. So I have made little friendship bracelets with the pink and yellow Fast and Curious colors, and they all say Fast and Curious on them. And there's a bag for me, Greg and Betty, yeah? And then producer Jimmy. And producer Jimmy. And producer Jimmy Oh, well. he'll be delighted to have been yes. included, because he gets very upset if he's not included in yes. the thing. So, oh, can I put it on? Of course. Oh, it's so cool. Thank they are yellow and pink with the braids and they say fast and curious and I will wear it for the rest of the weekend and absolutely love it and then I will put it on display. And I've got some for Greg and Betty as well. Yes, You hear this guys? Greg, Betty, Jimmy, these are coming back in my case to the UK with me. I've snuck off to a quiet corner of the circuit to watch the sprint race. It never, ever gets old. Seeing these things in the flesh hearing them, the way the vibrations run through your skin, through the seat underneath you, make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, the cheers from the crowd when drivers go head to head, it just never gets old. They are just magnificent. So that was the sprint race then, absolutely unbelievable watching the cars close up. And in a surprise to absolutely no one, of course, 
a Max Verstappen win. It'll be a lot more interesting tomorrow to see whether he can do it from further back on the grid. I'll tell you another thing I've noticed. So many people mentioning F1 Academy. So many of the hundreds of thousands of people here rushing to their seats to see F1 Academy in action as well, which is amazing to see. I've not managed to see Chloe Grant yet, which is really annoying. I keep looking around to see her when I go past the F1 Academy area. Anyone who thinks she's busy doing her actual job, but still, Marta Garcia is going to be crowned world champion. That's formality. She's amazing. But everybody at the Circuit of the Americas, proper engaged with F1 Academy. There's a helicopter. So it's the end of the day Saturday. All the fans are filing out. And by a roller coaster, don't know why there's a roller coaster here, but there is. And also, there's a like three what look like cartoon character potatoes that people are having pictures with. This must be an American thing. I don't know what these are. They're like three massive potatoes wearing hats. Excuse me, what What are these? I'm not sure. They, I thought they were Mr. Potato Heads, but I'm not sure. No, I don't think they are Mr. Potato Heads. Excuse me, so what are these? These things are f***ing hanging loose. That's exactly what they're doing. They're literally three peanuts, and they're just hanging loose. They're peanuts. I thought they were potatoes. Absolutely peanuts. They're You're just, right. Yeah, yeah, and they're just literally hanging loose. I mean, how many problems do you think these guys have in their life? But, Zero. <laughs> Such a good point. <laughs> but everyone's having pictures taken with the peanuts, but absolutely. nobody knows what they are. Yeah, no, yeah, but they're peanuts. Absolutely, they're peanuts. Okay, good. What's yeah. your name? Yeah, Mac. Mac, you've been on the Fast and the Curious podcast. The what? The Fast and the Curious. Fast and Curious. All right, I like it. I like it. I love it. Superstar. Thank you, Mac. So there we go. That is the end of Saturday at the Circuit of the Americas. I will check in with you guys Sunday. And who knows, by then, I might have found out what the giant peanuts do. I doubt it. Good morning from race day at the Circuit of the Americas, where there are even more helicopters. It feels like there's like 500 more of them than there were yesterday. Uh, so you can tell it's race day. The track is busier than it's ever been before. More traffic on the way in than there's ever been before. More fans, quite clearly. Every day we get to the track and go, oh, it's hotter than yesterday. Hang on, how hot is it today? It's going to reach 31 degrees today. Already feels hotter. It's insane. In front of me, I can see thousands of people flocking into the grandstands. And it's only like 10 o'clock in the morning. And a massive US flag flying proudly in the breeze. Right, let's go in for race day. Whenever you've got a weekend like this, you go through the Grand Prix weekend and you think, wow, it's busy. And then you get to race day on Sunday and it's like they've magicked another 50% of people. And it's like, oh, okay, that wasn't busy. This is busy. Everywhere is packed today. And talk about celeb spotting, my friends. Guess who's just walked past me surrounded by a huddle of important people and an absolute gaggle of photographers. Actual Prince Harry is here. Famously off of America nowadays, of course. Prince Harry has made the journey. And where did he go? Straight into Mercedes. Probably to hang out with Toto, I guess. Wish him well on his recovery from knee surgery. It's also made me feel quite happy because Prince Harry is wearing... <laughs> David Coulthard has just walked past me and looked at me, smiled and said, I agree. 
not hearing a word of what I'm saying. Good. Uh, where was I before I was rudely interrupted by David Coulthard? Prince Harry is wearing a very similar black polo shirt to me. I'm guessing his is more expensive. I'm guessing. But hey, never say I'm not fashionable. Right. The race coming up. All of these hundreds of thousands of millions of people will disperse and go and find somewhere air-conditioned to watch it or go into a grandstand. Let's do a prediction. Do you know what? I'm going to go Greg James style here. I'm always the boring one. I'm always the, no, Max will win. He's down the grid a little bit. Let's go bold. I am going to go Norris for the win, Leclerc second, Hamilton third. Forget it. Let's say we get some drama. Let's say we get some chaos. I don't know. I'm basing this prediction on absolutely nothing other than sheer guts feeling. Let's go and enjoy the United States Grand Prix. And I will talk to you, Betty and Greg, on the other side. Oh, that was close. I know I said that the next thing we'd do is speak to Greg and Betty. But I fancied one more little audio diary excerpt because that was a brilliant race. It wasn't one of those races where we have loads and loads and loads of on-track overtaking and battles, although there was a few. And then those pesky breaks gave us such a close run between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. A properly intriguing strategic battle combined with Max's dodgy breaks gave us a really good Grand Prix. I really enjoyed that. Right, let's go speak to Greg and Betty. Well, I've gone from the track to my hotel where I'm sat in the lobby, about to be kicked out, delighted to be joined by, from the United Kingdom, Greg James and Betty Glover. Hello, you two. Hello, Christian. Hello, Christian. The first thing we need to address is your husky voice. You sound like you've been having a lot of fun out there. Last night was the only night that I misbehaved, and most of Formula One descended on a particular bar last night, uh, which I left at about half past three in the morning when you lot were getting up. So you lot were texting me. I hadn't been to bed yet. Uh, and you're about to go to bed. Uh, and, and it might also have something to do with Will Buxton from Netflix Drive to Survive fame, who we've just heard <laughs> on my audio diary, <laughs> buying a lot of margaritas. Ooh. Some would argue more than was Ooh. needed. This is uh, a Christian Hugo that we rarely hear from or rarely see. This is... You sound like you've been at a wellness retreat. <laughs> opposite of wellness. Yeah, but no, and, and yeah, the, the, the irony is obviously it's the opposite of wellness. You are, it's the unwellness retreat hosted by Will Buxton. But you look, <laughs> you look happier than I've ever seen you. You sound completely blissed out. I think Austin looks good on you. I, I have to say, and in what's going to be a surprise to absolutely no one, I've had a joyous weekend. <laughs> uh, I, I've mentioned it a bit, a bit on social media and I've had a lot of people say nice messages. Had a, have had a rough few weeks actually off track uh, and going to the Grand Prix, which I'm very lucky to be able to do. I'm aware of how lucky I am. Has just, I think, reinvented me a little bit. <laughs> it's reset me. It's pressed the, the it's press control, out, delete and turn me off and on again. And... Um, 
I feel very happy, very lucky uh, and very warm because I've had so many people be so lovely to me this weekend. And guys, you've, you've, you've just heard a few of them in the audio diary. It's silly how many actual Americans have gone... Oh my God, it's Christian from The Fast and the Curious. I love you, oh I love Greg, God. I love Betty. In Austin, <laughs> Texas. Well, it's very good to hear. And I loved your audio diary. Oh, first of all, before we properly get into Austin action, I wanted to just say a congratulations to you, Betty, to you, Christian, and to Jimmy Blake, who has been called away from today's recording, um, for getting a nomination at the Audio Production Awards. Best Ensemble Cast. Mm. That's nice, isn't it? Woo! Yeah. And congratulations to you, Greg. So well done to all the nominees. I feel quite happy about that. We're up against Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders. <laughs> oh, my We're God. We're for, for our American listeners, of which I'm now going to be aware we have way more than I thought we did, French and Saunders are like an iconic UK comedy duo who have been mm. going for decades. And us idiots talking about Formula One are up against French and Saunders. Well, it'll be, it'll be a nice night to go and hang out with them at the very least. So that, that's some good news to start us off with. And what a joyful actual start to the podcast with your audio diary so we should get into the the actual drama that unfolded as we woke up in in the UK um because we went to bed thinking that Lewis Hamilton had got a podium and almost chased down Max Verstappen we heard your little summary in the audio diary but Christian give us the uh, the update from Austin well uh there was a really nice atmosphere in the paddock everybody had thought what a great race. Oh. And then it just sort of, it's a, the, the, the paddock is like, you know, 500 yards long. So you could see the Chinese whispers literally spread across the paddock in front of our eyes. Let's get into what actually happened because I find it mad that F1 is all about the best technology in the world, the best entertainment in the world. It's so slick. It's got so much money. They have the fastest everything, yet it's a plank of wood. That caused the issue yesterday. <laughs> Can you explain it to me, Christian? Is, is it a plank of wood? Because the word plank uh, has been used loads in all the communications on all the you know F one sites and everything. The word plank has never been more se- made more serious. <laughs> apart from when maybe you were told to walk the plank in the old days. It is a plank. Yeah, it is a plank of wood uh, that protects the hugely complex floor and of course it's f1 so it's never going to be quite that simple but fundamentally there is a plank that protects the floor in formula one you can adjust ride height and depending on the track having your ride height higher or lower can give you a competitive advantage in this particular track having the ride height a bit lower was a better thing but the plank can't be worn away too much now at the end of every race you have a, we've explained this on the podcast. You have something called scrutineering. This was one of our listener questions. What's scrutineering? Best name ever, by the way. <laughs> Where some of the scrutineers, the sort of referees, check all the cars. But for some, they only check a handful. So for this particular rule, they take five random cars and go, right, let's just check you've hit the ride height, the, the, the legal minimum ride height. And both Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton hadn't that they'd allowed that plank to rub too much and allow it to break the rules but here's the mad thing 
if they hadn't have been randomly selected, they'd have got away with it. So just just quickly, you might not know the answer to this. How are they gauging the wear of a plank? <laughs> like how? how uh, they, is it like when a police officer stops you and does a little two p coin in your in your tire tread? Like is there a, is there a ruler? Is there like a oh that's that's too worn? That, that, what's it? What is it measure? What's a measurement? What's the thing? There will be people who know more about right. this than me, but my understanding is it, it basically looks like a ruler. That is my understanding. I could mm. have this wrong. And if I do have this wrong, someone will let us know and we'll correct it. But my understanding is, and I'm getting this from other forms of motorsport where that is what it's like. My understanding is, because we're going very niche here, even for my geeky knowledge, my understanding is it, it is effectively a ruler type thing. Wow. So again, you guys asked me about Formula One. I don't know everything about Formula One. There are people who I've been sat in the media room with. And there's a guy called Lawrence Barreto, who you'll have heard interview the drivers if you watch the coverage. The loveliest man, a fountain of Formula One knowledge. Because I was like, Lawrence, hang on a minute. They've checked five cars and two of them have broken this rule. Do, Do they not look and go, well, hang on, if two out of the five have broken it, maybe all of them could have broken it. And Lawrence was like, no, it's, it's not precedent. There are the FIA's rules and certain things like ride height, like the plank, you only have to check five. Certain things, they check all of them. But they don't just because two out of the five get caught, check all of them. I didn't know that. I find out new things about this sport through working in it all the time. So all of this is totally new to me. I didn't know any of this. So it's very likely that there are some quite sheepish other teams going yeah (laughs) well you would think that wouldn't you but logic suggests actually that wouldn't be the case this is quite a rare well and i'll tell you how why it's quite rare five cars get checked every race weekend this hasn't happened i can't remember this It, it would have happened before i'm sure it would have happened before this isn't one that jumps into my mind and going oh yeah this happened in this particular grand prix so it's bloody rare that it happens at all because these, because five of the 20 cars get checked mm. week in, week out, let alone for two of them, let alone for it to be two points finishes. But, ladies and gentlemen, as much as I was gutted for Lewis, Betty, what does it mean? <laughs> it means that Logan finally gets points, guys. This is incredible. This is incredible. He is the first US driver in 30-odd years to score a point in Formula One. What an achievement. And one of his best races, he overtook cars on track, overtook several cars, Alfa Romeo's, Hassas, finished behind his teammate, and we know how special Alex is. Finishing one place behind Alex is good, and you make your own luck in Formula One. He deserves this luck. That is a deserved point. Delighted for Logan. And clearly, it's all happened because he met you in New York at the start of the week. Well, yeah, I'm going to take all credit for Logan's point, to be honest. Forget the plank of wood. It's because he met me. But in all seriousness, he... No, no, when no. I did... uh, no, no. Uh, in all seriousness, you need to have a burger with him before each race. Oh, yeah, I know. I agree. We need to somehow get this happening because I think this is what we and Williams need. Clearly. <laughs> and when it was happening in the paddock, I text Williams and said... Oh my God, is he around? He was already on the plane. So there's a picture on the Williams socials and this is not just staged. By the time he knew he was an F1 point scorer, <laughs> he was on his own on the plane. So there weren't the celebrations. I was going to go and chat to him and get him on. But um, he'd already gone. So such is 
the weird way Formula One works already on the plane. I was going to say, when I met him, though, considering the amount of pressure that he was under, the amount of scrutiny that he was under, the amount of people that were talking about him, he actually was really, really chilled. And, like, you can tell if someone's a bit tense or they're a bit nervous about talking about, you know their career and how they're not being as successful as they need to be or whatever. And he kind of wasn't. And he was really just like, I know that I'm fast. I know that I've, I've got the pace. It's just, we need to iron out a few other things. So what you're saying, Christian, about like how he really deserves it. I completely agree. And I think he, he is good. He's, it's just about getting everything across the line. You don't get to that point in a sport this competitive without being, really good at driving a car really fast it's just he's talked about it in yeah that interview with you where he said he wanted it all to come together and as you said have a, have a little bit of luck Christian as well and there are a few misconceptions about Logan Williams believe in Logan he's a product of the young driver program he's not there because he's American and the sport's going for an American audience he's not there because he's bringing in millions of pounds in sponsorship he's there because Williams believe in him do you get anything when you win a point like do you get Anything that you can keep and put on your wall is, or, or is it? Is he going to have to just print off, you know, the point <laughs> from Google and put it on his bedroom wall? Uh, no, I don't think so. Imagine if you got like a cap, like football or soccer. You'd, yeah, Lewis Hamilton had a seventy-eight thousand of them. <laughs> it's going to be really good pub trivia. That there'll be a question about Logan Sargent getting a, his first point in Formula One in his home race, but why? And where did he finish? And then what happened? Oh, where was he when... No, actually, yeah, where was he when he received his first mm. point? It's going to be really, it's going to be really good. 33,000 feet in the air on the way to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but then also to add to your pub trivia, it will be what was it that caused Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc to be disqualified at the Texas Grand Prix in 2023? And, you know, in 10 years, people might be like, oh, do you know what was that thing on the bottom of the car? But like, no one really talks about it. Plank of wood. It's the plank. There's, um, there's a really good bad dad joke that is formulating in my head about thick as two short planks or thin as two <laughs> short planks you could do here but I can't quite work mm. it out but there's some there's something there. at fast curious part if you can complete Greg's joke for him and we'll read it out yeah well it's you know thick as two sh- you know there's, so- there's, some- there's, there's something there's something there, something there yeah, guys yeah. there's something there the one thing that I did notice though in relation to this is did you see on Instagram that Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc did a joint Instagram post, both of the picture of them, both looking really sad with the caption mm. mood. And I saw it earlier and I just thought, how did this Instagram post come about? Mm. Did they have a conversation about, you know, both being sad and disqualified? Maybe it's when they'd come out of the stewards room. Oh, yeah. Because you do get called to the stewards, like you get called to the head teacher's office when you were gobby, which of course never happened to me because I wouldn't say boo to a goose. But maybe they were outside the head teacher's office and did it after they'd been told off and disqualified. Um, that would be my educated guess, Betty, from the ground here in Austin. Do they get pulled into that room, just those two, or the whole teams? How does it work? No, there'll be other, there'll be other people. There'll be, other, there'll be team representatives, yes. I can imagine Lewis is just like, for God's sake, you mucked up my pit stop and now the plank of woods eroded away. For Christ's sake, guys, get it together. <laughs> But let, and let, hey, let's do a collab post. I'll do it from mine and you accept it. No, actually, you do it from yours, I'll accept. Actually, oh, I, oh, I don't know. Where can we get the photo from? That, it just seems like a lot of admin, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, mm. can I just go a little bit more serious with the, like, who actually 
fucked up here. Do you think they were pushing it or is it a genuine mistake? Uh, Greg, the honest answer to that is it could be either. Mm. They're always pushing it. That's the job. You, you, you know, for example, you run the tyre pressures as low or as high as you can run them without them bursting. They're pushing it. They're running the ride height as low as they can get it without the practice. So yes, they're pushing it, but they've done it too much. So it is a, it is a combination of pushing it and mistake from the engineers who were working on the car setup. Away from the eroding plank and the disqualifications, should we talk about the race itself? Because I thought it was so good to see Max Verstappen getting frustrated because he was actually being tested. Like Lewis Hamilton was up in his grill. He couldn't quite handle it, could he? Well, he could because he still won, but it was getting to him. Oh, I've got lots to unpack on this. Three quick bullet points. Number one, amazing race. Not loads of frantic overtaking, but lots of really interesting strategy. So a tense race. B, yes, encouraging to see Lando show pace that he could win the race. Lewis show pace that he could win the race. And I'll come back to those two humans in a second. But three, Max showed again why he's world champion. Because he had brake problems. And yet he still managed it. The, the sad part of that is, I don't think it would have been as close if Max's car was working properly. But anyone who says Lando can't win a race, rubbish. You're talking rubbish. The, the skill and talent's there. He showed how composed he was in the early stages. He didn't have a car quite quick enough today. And anyone who says Lewis can't battle for a world championship, look at how much he was pushing today. Because in reality, the plank won't have given him that much of a time advantage that was Lewis's skill and I just want to give a final couple of any other businesses to um, a very solid result for Pierre Gasly in six with Alpine really strong weekend all round for him well done Pierre a much better showing for Lance Stroll in seventh battling back from the back that he's had some a lot of stick recently and that was much better from Lance Stroll we've already mentioned Logan we should mention Alex in ninth because again Alex as he always does did a brilliant job but huge well done to Yuki Tsunoda, because when Daniel Ricciardo comes back, everyone gets excited about Daniel, and who's popped it in the points for Alpha Tauri? Possibly the slowest car on the grid overall this season, Yuki Tsunoda, with the fastest lap of the race, a 138.1. Because mm, there were some massive stories, then all the little bits get forgotten, as has the Oscar Piastri sadness, which was, uh, as I was watching the race unfold, I thought, oh, that's a real shame. Where were you watching the race from when you, when you saw the Oscar Piastri um, moment? I saw the start of the race on the podium. Oh, my God. So that was where I watched the start of the race from. And then the rest of the race, I went into the Formula One uh, management office. Uh, yeah. with all the F1 management and media staff. <laughs> you're going, I, I, hope, I hope you're going to check the planks at the end of this race, guys. <laughs> Any plank decisions? Is it, is it your fault? Well, I didn't, I, no, I'm not a grass, didn't you? Didn't, didn't <laughs> hope you've got your rulers. The Mercedes is running a little low <laughs> for my liking. Have you quite finished? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so the feeling with Oscar and Esteban was just an unfortunate clash at the start of the Grand Prix, which caused them both damage. No real fault to either of them just an unfortunate racing incident so uh, bad luck guys these things happen in motorsport and of course Fernando Alonso retiring too because of um, technical issues on a tough old weekend for Aston really tough I suspect Aston are looking forward to the season ending because they've been very much caught up on pace <gasps> oh now you've mentioned Aston Martin sorry I'm just going to have to say Ooh. Lance Stroll forgetting that they were supposed to start in the pit lane 
absolutely ended me because I think that's what happened, Christian. He missed the pit lane entry. And so Aston Martin had to hoist his car onto something and wheel him through the gap in, to get him into the garage <laughs> to start the race. I just I just saw it and I was like, that's something I would do. I would be like completely starting in the complete wrong place or something. We mentioned this the other week when someone went to the wrong grid slot. I can't remember who it was. These things do happen when Lewis Hamilton left McLaren. Um, in the first practice session, he was driving for Mercedes. He went into McLaren. Sebastian Vettel did the same, driving into Ferrari when he was driving for Aston Martin. <laughs> it, it, these people are human beings with an awful lot to remember. I really do sympathise when anything something like this happens because guess what? They're human. I am surprised it doesn't happen more often. I really am. Yes, exactly. I, I, I think it should yeah. happen every, every single time I see someone going into the pit. I think you just take a wrong turning. You just go into the wrong one, and then you've suddenly got you might have Red Bull wheels on by accident. Jensen, Jensen Button did it once. Oh, snap, Christian. <laughs> we, me and Betty both said Jensen at the same time. Jinx. Jensen lost a Grand Prix win because of it. Sebastian and Lewis did it in practice, but Jensen went into the wrong pit box and it lost him a Grand Prix. Think 2011 Canada. Yeah, I think you're right. But I, I think it was that race. Uh, it was certainly Canada. I, I sort of I want to see more of it, if anything. I want to see. I, I love. I do love mistakes. So let's um, let's have a couple more listener questions, Bessie. What's um, what else has been asked? This okay, week? so next one's from Caitlin. She says, "How big was the big U.S. flag, Christian?" In person. <laughs> Great question, Caitlin. What I can tell you is it's absolutely enormous. And I went up the Kota Tower, Ooh. Uh, which is the massive red spirally tower you see. It, uh, it's huge and got a glass floor. So I went, it's a bit terrifying. But the, the circuit of the Americas is amazing. The fans are amazing. So knowledgeable. So passionate. So lovely. Also a much wider variety of fans. You see so many Perez fans because here in Austin, we're not far from Mexico, hence there's loads of tacos around in Austin. They love a taco here, they really do. Oh, I love a taco. It's a great place to go and watch a Grand Prix. And Austin's a cool city as well, so can't recommend this place enough. Loving it. Enrique, Eleanor and Lucy said, did you kiss it, Anne? <laughs> no. Let's just recap what did you kiss it, Anne is, for those who don't know. So, yeah, this is our listener, Anne. Betty asked her when she went on a track, did you kiss it, Anne? And now our listener's... Send us messages from all over the world going, look, I've kissed it, Anne. Uh, no, I didn't kiss it, Anne, for the simple reason I didn't go on the track. Oh, did you kiss the podium? Didn't kiss the podium. Oh. Well, that is incredibly disappointing. I'm just so happy you've had a nice time. And uh, I bet part of you wants to just go on to Mexico, doesn't it? Oh, not part of me, every part of me. Yeah, um, I feel very lucky to have been uh. here. I'm so grateful for everyone who said hello and everyone who's listening. Oh, and, and, as if I could forget... Oh my God, oh my God, have you got us a present? I bet he's got us a present. He's rummaging around in his bag. Speaking of those listeners who said hello to us, look what I've got in my case for you. <gasps> oh! Oh, little friendship bracelets. Saying, was it says Fast and the Curious on them? The, Very nice. They are pink, they are yellow, they say Fast and oh Curious. Amanda, who we've just heard from in the audio diary has given them to me for you guys. They were a theme of the Circuit of the Americas. They were encouraging people to bring and make friendship bracelets. So Amanda made them for me, you, Betty Gregg, and producer Jimmy's got one. He'll be glad to know because he gets very cross if he's missed out of things. <laughs> They're in my bag and I'll be bringing them back to the UK when I come Oh home. my God, that's amazing. Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> thank you, Amanda. You're very, very kind. And thank you, for, to, thank you to Texas for giving our Christian a very, very warm welcome. It's 
exciting to know that there are listeners to this podcast all over the place. And when the Mexico Grand Prix has happened, we're going to hear from Natalia, who is going to be there, and also hopefully Mike. Remember Mike from a few weeks ago? He was asking to find some people to hang out with because he's heading there on his own. Behind the scenes, we've arranged for Natalia and Mike to hang out a little bit, which is really nice. So Fast and Curious listeners are uniting all over the world, which is great. That is hashtag meet Mike in Mexico. And Christian kept going on about how lonely Mike is. Well, Mike is no longer lonely because he's going to be meeting Natalia. We found Mike a friend. Result, success. And (laughs) speaking of Mexico... We'll be back from before the Mexican Grand Prix with another episode from Austin because, Betty and Gregory, I'm not going home yet. <laughs> I'm going to look around Austin for a little bit. And before I go home and before he goes to Mexico, I'm going to meet Jack Doohan, Alpine's reserve driver, who will be driving for Alpine in free practice one in Mexico. We've had so many all season listener questions asking us to get a reserve driver on to talk about what a reserve driver does. So I'm going to go and meet Jack later in the week before he goes to Mexico. And that will be on the next episode of The Fast and the Curious. Excellent. Christian, thank you for all your coverage over this last week. Um, It's been a joy to chat to you and see you so happy and in your element. And it's an overused term, but you're very much resembling a pig in well, what a lovely way to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Any more questions for us, email us fastandcurious at acast.com or Betty Glover. You can send us a message on social media, can't you? You can, at Fast Curious Pod. I do have one more last question for you, Christian. Did you buy some cowboy boots or a hat? Well, well no. Okay. Because unfortunately, and this is quite dull, I've been working up until this point, so I've had very little time to do any shopping. It's quite selfish of Formula One getting in the way of that. But as I said, I'm here till Sunday. I've still got another five days. So I'm, I'm, I would love to buy a cowboy hat or some cowboy boots, which uh, people wear with even shorts, I've noticed, because bloody hot, as I said in the audio diary. So no, on it. In fact, you guys let me go. I'm off to buy some cowboy attire. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to The Fast and the Curious so you don't miss a single episode and we will catch up with you very, very soon. Goodbye for now. Bye. Bye, y'all. Oh, that was the worst thing I've ever done or said, isn't it? I'd like to apologise. Give us a yee-haw before we get out of here. Go on. Yee-haw. Oh, that was terrible. No, that was pathetic. I know you're... you're no, that was terrible. No, 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 no. I know, I know what you're about to say. You're in a quiet hotel lobby. I don't care. This is the Fast and Curious. You're Christian Hugill. Give us a big yee-haw, otherwise I'm not finishing this podcast. He's squirming. He doesn't like it. working. Come on, Over you're in there. Texas. You're with friends. Oh, for God's sake. It's worse than McLaren sodding news. Right. Come on. Yee-haw. That was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> no, more. Listen, louder. Everybody's looking at me. Everybody's looking at me. Yee-haw. Right. It needs one more. It needs one more. And <laughs> um, we're not finishing the podcast until it's, until it's done. Christian, come on, I want to go to sleep. Just just shout it. Yee-haw! <laughs> Thank you. We'll see you soon. I hate you so much. <laughs>